KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good weekend to you, middle of the country, and we are wrapping up in the middle of November. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Schleider Painting. We have two hours today, a wide open format for you. This is any call on Saturday, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll free anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Two hours, home improvement, anything around your home, any building you're responsible for, do it yourself project maybe a few deck boards need to be replaced maybe it's cleaning that patio and driveway Uh, it's a little bit late for sealing anything for example concrete pavers asphalt ideal temperature for that is 70 degrees Fahrenheit Um, and this is the surface temperature of that material not the air temperature so remember if it gets up later today as we're talking about a high today of 48 you know, that means the, the ground temperature may be a little bit warmer, but not enough to seal any asphalt, no concrete. I would dissuade anybody from doing any coatings uh, as far as deck coating, that sort of thing. However, this is not a bad temperature to get the house checked out. Do a walkabout. I always invite you to join me for a walkabout around your home. We can talk about any items that look amiss to you. Safety security, health, and I do mean health, uh, sick building syndrome, indoor air quality, mold, mildew, rot, all those things that happen that take uh, all those building materials right back to dust where they all came from, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, everything's going back, including us. So 314 436-7900, 436-7900, 800-925-1120. Uh, these are the topics for today. Oh, and yours is special. Your first. <laughs> no, not not her, not him. You, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. We are a licensed architectural firm. We have full staff of architects, interior designers, certified kitchen designers, certified bath designers, aging in place specialists, um, all the things necessary to make a home nice and comfortable. Likewise, at our core, we are a construction company, uh, and we are noted pretty much uh, throughout the country for some of the things that we take a lead on, including things like educating the public in this format, if you will, on KMOX. Part of the KMOX family, this is my 23rd year. I truly enjoy being part of Saturday mornings with you every week. 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. I'm not kidding. Health, safety, comfort, heating and cooling. For those of you uh, that may have fired up the furnace here in the last six weeks, now you're starting to get a little bit of that static electric you know you know the one when you get it 
boy, howdy, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that is typically when you come in contact, usually with a light switch or something that is grounded, uh, and the electricity comes from you and seeks a ground. So think of you as a mini lightning strike as that electrical charge, the static electricity from you moving in the house, uh, finds a way back into the soil, the earth, where, you know, grounding happens. Um, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. The recommended range for relative humidity, so you and I might commonly think of that as just humidity or comfort, uh, and those of you with dry cracking skin, maybe your sinus passages are a little drier than they should be, you're noticing those things. Things. What happens is when the furnace fires up, especially in a forced air situation, which is common in most of the Midwest and, and you know, the area of my listening uh, CAMWEX signal, it is forced air. But even if you have steam, uh, hot water, radiant heat, um, forced air, electric, whatever the source is, geothermal, all of these, uh, the more heat you put into the air, the further apart the moisture molecules move. So although the relative amount of moisture in the air is the same total, the relative distance, you just have fewer chunks of water hanging in the air in vapor form. So you, your skin dries out. So then the air becomes a dryer, a drawer away from moisture sources. Everything moves from high concentration to low. You and I are made up about 98% of water. By golly, our bodies will perspire, will evaporate. All that moisture seeks to move into that drier air, which is maybe in your home 20% relative humidifier. Now, we're not talking about dehumidifiers that draw moisture out and spit off water into the drain of the tub during the summertime. That's typically part of what the Midwest is all known for. But this is adding moisture, increasing the relative humidity, putting more moisture into the air so you literally add those molecules in that uh, vapor form. Uh, phone lines 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. Again, my name is Scott Mosby. Um, I'm part of Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947 by my father, Sam Mosby, and this show is kind of a way that I'm able to keep him alive and honor my dad because I learned a lot of stuff. My father was a uh, forever student. He loved learning, but likewise, whenever somebody else had the same interest and curiosity that he did, which was me, you know, he didn't mind sharing that. So pay it forward, pass it on, you know, give it to the next generation, keep it within the knowledge base of the human, you know, experience, if you will. But we're in the middle of the United States and Mosby Building Arts, pretty much, if you can hear my voice, we serve your area. We are known for our right bath and right kitchen, which is a simple change out of countertops, appliances, cabinets, that sort of thing. Um, then in the design build or the more aggressive remodeling, projects that might include moving a wall replacing some of the infrastructure as in wiring electrical outlets plumbing waste supply lines all those sorts of things even moving structural walls for us at Mosby structures and load-bearing walls are pretty typical and easy if you will because our structure we have licensed architects everything we need to instantly assess a wall and decide yeah you know that thing is load-bearing don't pull that out we can talk about that here on camwex if you're contemplating 
opening up a room, whether do it yourself or hiring a professional. Uh, I can help you walk through that or think through that if you like. Uh, it's not a definitive answer that yes, this is or isn't, but it's an opinion that decides for you or helps you come to the decision of, yeah, I need another look-see by somebody, you know, specifically here on site, or, you know what, we're probably okay. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I'm comfortable in rural settings, so anything related out on farms, electric, water, grounding. Uh, I'm not an agronomist. I'm not very good with soils. Mike Miller and the KMOX Garden Hotline, he's the guy. Kudos to Mike. He's been on KMOX a year long longer than me or a year and a half. Uh, kind of a fun thing. If you uh, know my home, uh, it's been looking better ever since I've been on Camwex. Hanging around Mike Miller, yeah, that's been a good thing because, you know, I'm not a green thumb guy. I build stuff. I can make most anything hold up. Structurally, I can do it. With our team, I can make it look pretty doggone good, too. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you want more information on me or my company, it's Mosby Building Arts, M-O-S-B-Y, and that's the website, if you will, Mosby Building Arts, plural.com, or if you can't remember that, like me, Call Mosby, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com, callmosby.com. We've got two hours today. I don't have any guests that I'm aware of unless we're going to have somebody pop out of the sky like the Groucho Marx bird on the Marx Brothers. Eh, Probably not. Some of you may or may not know what that means. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that later, too. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Health, safety, comfort. Remember, change your furnace filters. Get those air filters and those air handlers changed. You don't have to change. Just pull it out, take a look at it, see what the date is. When you replace that new air filter and you slide that into that little slot that goes into your uh, furnace box, what we call the air handler or the big blower thing where the fan is, Take a little black magic marker or a pen and mark on the day's date. 11, 16, 19 is what I put on. And be aware there's an arrow, and that points to the airflow. So airflow typically points toward the fan, if you will. If it's a downflow furnace, which means that you've got this big return air box coming down from the ceiling, and then the furnace filter slides in there, generally the air arrow points toward the airflow. And then that would be an upflow furnace, downflow return. Anyway, we can get into that and more. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service right here on University of KMOX. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. We are live and lively in the Mike Miller world. Let's fire up the phone lines. Bosco in the background just spinning on that treadmill. He's responsible for providing the electricity we need to broadcast 50,000 watts. How's that? 50,000, that's big That's big wattage. Uh, well, a little bit of help from our friends at Amarin. Uh, let's visit with my friend, Bill. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you, my friend? Hey, hey Scott, I've got a house with a well we've been there 36 years and right now i'm getting an odor uh and i'm wondering if it might be the pressure tank related to that pressure tank's 13 years old 
Um, it could be. There are a couple of things. Is it a rotten egg, smelly, uh, really pungent smell? Uh, no, it's kind of like uh, a little moldy, I would say. Okay. Um, that could be the water tank uh, because the uh, pressure tank has a big balloon inside of it. Think of it as kind of a big basketball uh, inside that pressure tank. And when you put air into that pressure tank, the air goes around the outside of that plastic bladder. Well, that plastic bladder can be, uh, you know, attacked and broken down by some of the minerals in the water so it's possible but frankly uh, sometimes you just need to shock that well Uh, and what happens you'll get coliform in those wells so when it's brand new for example when we drill a new well or something we just dump down a gallon or two of uh, chlorine bleach down the wellhead and then run it through it could be in the pipes in your house it could be in the bladder Uh, but once you get a little bit of that musty odor in there then it's it's generally just uh everyday maintenance for example even on a ro reverse osmosis tank has the same kind of little looks like a propane tank well it's the same thing just like your pressure tank and after two or three years they want you to kind of um uh you know clean it up so i would i would either figure out a way to get bleach into that tank but the simplest way you know where your wet where your well head is that silver cap thing about six inches around sticks up a couple of feet yes yes yes. yeah now i warn you you're going to have the house is going to smell like bleach when you turn on the faucet it's going to be bleach that bleach is going into your uh, hot water tank but what happens is you're pretty much going to disinfect the copper pipes in your house the hot water tank the well uh water on that so yeah that's good maintenance practices every two or three years in any pressured situation if not if that's not it and that's where my uh, rotten egg smell sulfur that's when your water well hits a vein of sulfur and now you're into five to seven thousand dollar high-tech you know rocket science uh water treatment Yeah, well, the uh, pump was replaced last year, Mm -hmm. and um, this is probably the third or fourth pressure tank that I've had in uh, 35, 36 years. So, and normally, if the pressure tank's having an issue, it makes noise. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's not making any noise. So, I'm leaning toward doing the chlorine thing. Well, it's, it, you know, basically it costs you $3. It's a try. You're going to have to negotiate with all your occupants, your spouse, and all the other people in the house. Now, this thing's going to stink like bleach for, you know, about four days. Uh, but I like to dump that uh, gallon, and one gallon is enough. When it's a new well, I might put two in, but that's on a five, 600-foot deep well, too. And then run that through with your uh, hose. Uh, and then once you start smelling a little bit of bleach in that hose or, or your faucet inside, just run every fixture. Um, you know, uh, kind of run through the hot water, the cold water. So fill everything up with this new bleachy water okay. and then just let and, it sit overnight yeah, and might, be perfect. Yeah, you might be interested in this. When the well was replaced, uh, the pump was set at 360 feet. Mm-hmm. They uh, uh, shot like a radar gun down in the well, and the water table was uh, 348. So I have like 12 feet of water above that pump. When I drilled, when the well was drilled originally, the water table, standing water table, was like 250. So it's quite a drop, I guess, because it's in Jefferson County. Sure. Probably because additional wells being put in. 
Yeah, the aquifer water table does drop, and, and Rolla University School of Mines, or whatever they're called, science and technology now, they keep track of all that stuff all over the state. They're, they're the brain trust for all this. But yeah, I, it, uh, I, I wouldn't be above giving your well guy a call and say, you know, a 12-foot cover on a, on a six-inch round well, I mean, I wouldn't count on water in my lawn too much on that. Yeah, I did call him, at, you know, after a day or two after I got to thinking about it, and he said it was the same situation in all those wells in that area. Yeah. Well, they know their business, and it's a, you know, it's a very, you know, I'm like you. I'm a common sense guy. Does it make yeah. sense to me? And then enough to ask the question. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I, he, I, generally, I wouldn't give it a worry too much, but I would bleach that well for this smell. Right. Yeah, he seemed to think on the demand that the uh, pump was under, the pump could not pump enough Drain. water to make a difference, even with just 12 feet of water. Yeah. He says that it really wouldn't catch up with that. Yeah, well, that's you don't need a whole lot of pressure from that pump. That pump just pumps the water up into that holding tank, fills up that bladder. The bigger that bladder gets, the higher the pressure is on the outside because the air is pushing in on that thing, and that's why you've got a high and a low set switch on yeah. your uh, water well holding tank. Of you know, yeah, I do about uh, thirty on and fifty off. Yeah, yeah, I set mine years ago a little higher than that. I just you know like a good good shower head and all that. <laughs> all righty. Well, I appreciate the info. Okay, Bill. Take care. Good luck, my friend. Okay, sir. Thank you. All right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I've been around the block. I know some stuff. I've forgotten some stuff. But smarter than that, I've got a whole bunch of people around me that are every day saying, hey, Scott, here's something I learned today. You might want to share that on your radio station. Like, well, that's sure. Why not? Uh, and that was the other thing. When I started this some years ago, I thought, oh, I could never be smart enough to know all these answers. Well, you know what? That's a fact. <laughs> and I'm not. But you're helping. So when I get backed into a corner and I don't know the answer, I generally know the physics and how to figure through something because I'm kind of a technician and I've got that enough of the physics and the science behind me that I can at least understand and, and uh, tell people how to think through it or what could get them. Uh, you know, but then when we get with Bill here and we're 300 feet under the, under the ground, eh, you know, that gets into the specialist's uh, realm. I know what to do on maintenance. And if you have a reverse osmosis system, if you look in your instructions when that was installed, you're basically supposed to bleach shock or chlorine clean the inside of that system every few years because if something starts growing uh, when you're drawing water out of a municipal system and they've got bleach and they put chlorine in to treat the water generally that cleans up the pipes pretty well but when you're on a rural area and you've got a deep well or especially a shallow well shallow well might be 40 to 80 feet deep deep well might be 200 to a thousand or 1200 feet deep those uh, waters all come from the ground generally a little cleaner than most but you get a little coliform in there if you live out by a farm or whatever that comes from you know fecal waste and you just have to bleach shock that that well and then uh, typically when a new water well is drilled uh, we go ahead and drill it we shock it with the bleach and then we have to take it into that county with a very specific method of, of collecting that sample and then making sure that water is safe and once that water is deemed safe then the occupant gets to move into that home 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 let's check next with my friend here Jenny hey Jenny good morning welcome how can I help you 
Hey, good morning. I'm having a little uh, work done at the house, and I have taken uh, – the house was built in the 70s, uh, 74, 72. And I took the uh, uh, the brick off around the fireplace. It was just a brick front. Uh, all the drywall still is still intact and everything. And um, I took the, the, the hearth out, and I'm going to put an electric um, – you know, having a guy insert in. Okay. And um, my question is, the uh, the holes the, the, where the the the, the, the it was bolted to the wall. You know, they had those like four things or something that it was bolted into the wall holes or something. And uh, it's um, it's uh, air's coming out that you know some of it. Okay, so no, this was, is a heatilator fireplace. If you turn on a fan it, or not, it'll it'll start circulating that heat no, from the I, fireplace? No, I had a regular fireplace. Okay. A regular wood-burning fireplace. But when I took the brick, when he took the brick front off of it and the hearth, mm-hmm. and it's just the uh, the metal all around it, you know, um, there was, you know how, they bolted to the wall. They, yeah, they the, bolted, the firebox itself, the metal box? The, the, the bricks. Okay, brick ties, yeah, yeah. Little... Yeah, the brick ties, yeah, that's yeah. what they are, brick ties. Yes. So they bolted it to the wall. So my question is, where those four holes are above the, you know, where it was, you know, it it's, uh, they're kind of triangular shaped or whatever, but there's air that comes out, two of them, the ones on the two sides, and uh, and a little bit around the fireplace uh, wall itself. I was wondering if I could put some low expansion spray foam in there to plug that up. I'm not really sure what you're describing in those air. If this is a heatilator and it's a metal box, and that. No, it's not a heatilator. Well, is it a metal box built into a frame wall or is this built up uh, brick full masonry? It's a it's a, it's the metal box that the the that the, the the fireplace is actually uh, it's all connected to the the fireplace that goes up the chimney. Okay, so is this a metal chimney that I'm understanding here? Yes. Round. Uh, no uh, square or rectangle, whatever. Okay, I'm lost here, Jenny. I'm sorry. Um, those little brick ties, those can all come off the wall. They did. If you, if you have drywall. Over that was underneath the brick, I suspect that is a unit fireplace or a metal box that's just stuck into that opening. I don't think it's a full masonry fireplace. Okay. And follow? now when he puts that when he puts that electric in, uh, he's got to uh, uh, do something with that damper, right? No, don't mess with that damper. The damper's all part of it if this is a unit fireplace i'm just gonna uh, when you knock on that drywall you go up where that brick was and you knock you you thump on it with your fist is that a hollow sound or is it like a slab of concrete solid uh uh it's kind of it, it's kind of uh, a, a slab okay but i mean yeah, it, it's it, if you hit it hard with your hand, it'll hurt. Huh. Uh, if it's a frame wall and you hit it hard with your hand, it'll be a solo, a hollow sound, and it'll kind of move and bounce and reverberate. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, let me think here. How can I get this again? Uh, when you took out the hearth, 
um, down on the floor. Are, underneath that, was there plywood underneath that? Yes. Okay. You probably have a metal box built into a frame wall because if it was a masonry fireplace, that hearth would actually be sitting on top of a concrete or masonry base, and it would not be wood underneath there. So I, I think, um, so now your question uh, to put in some electrical for maybe a television or something, is that what you're doing? No, I'm putting an electric insert in a in the wood-burning fireplace. I know what you're doing. Okay, I follow you now. I follow okay. you now. Um, those general, you can run that wire just about anywhere. Um, the problem right, is... Right, there's, there's an electric outlet about three feet away, and he's going to tie into that. I think that's okay, um, but I would definitely do this with an, a licensed electrician because if, there, if that circuit's already loaded with that outlet... When your fan blows on, it may trip the circuit. So the only issue I have around there is how much other stuff is already hooked up to that outlet. Okay. You follow but my that? question. Okay. Yeah, okay. But what, one of the questions, the damper that, you know, normally when you have a wood-burning fireplace, you pull that chain and then mm -hmm. that opens up so the air can go out. Yes. Okay. That's and on that's the top. Yeah, and it's on the closed position now. Okay. Okay. Does he have to do anything to seal up that damper? No, no. Uh, and this is going to be an electric uh, insert? Yes. Electric heater. Do not seal that damper. And I've got a, a couple other things for you here that I'm a little concerned about on this, Jenny. Uh, if, you, if this is still a wood-burning fireplace and you're pulling out the hearth, Somebody can pull that electric heater out later and put yes. uh, fire uh, logs back in there, can't they? Yeah. Okay. You must have a non-combustible surface 20 inches out in front of that firebox. So down on your floor, now that it's wood, you can't put carpet there or a wood floor. That has to be a non-combustible surface for about 20 to 24 inches out in case a burning ember log falls out of the fireplace regardless of whether you're using wood or not um, it is if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it's really a wood burning fireplace you can't make it unsafe just to put in your electric uh, insert you right I, I was putting a, a, a porcelain or a tile or a, a slate around it yeah okay good yeah but on your uh, back to your uh, question about the damper, uh, just leave that closed. Do not seal it up because uh, the you know ten years, twenty years from now, somebody pulls that electric mm -hmm. insert out. They would, okay. and then they put uh, logs in there. They need to be okay. able to open that um, damper. You follow me there? I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Can, there can, are I, a lot of... can I can I stuff some insulation up there? Uh, for now, just make sure you pull it out one day later and leave some indication that it's there. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, beca because there's a, the building code is not all about what you and I are going to do right now. It's about what the next guy with a reasonable expectation of a fireplace might do. So that's, right. you know, yeah, keep your damper operable. Go ahead and close it. It's good enough. Leave it alone. Um, uh -huh. Run your electric. Uh, my only question there, that fan draws very well. If it's an electric heater, I suspect you're going to need a whole new circuit. If this is the source well, he, of your... Well, he was going to do that. He well, was I'd gonna run it all the way back to the yeah. electric panel, not 
an outlet right. nearby, a, a home Yeah, run. that's what he was going to do, but I was just asking for myself. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, do not use, if it's a, if it's a toaster, a blow dryer, um, a toaster oven, or a space heater, that's one full circuit all by itself. That's big mm-hmm. electric. So it must go all the way back to the panel. Okay. All right, well, Jenny, sorry I'm a little thick today. My apologies here. That's okay. You did great. Thanks. All righty. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Sometimes the medium of voice, uh, picture's worth a thousand words, uh, but generally I was able to noodle through here. I think she's putting an electric heater insert in her firebox, um, um, and the 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 um, damper has to remain intact, and if it's an electric heater, Man, she needs a full 20-amp circuit run all the way back to the electric panel. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, KMOX, Home Improvement here. Helitech sponsors this show. Thank you very much to Helitech. We'll be back for more after this. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Scott Mosby Home Improvement, KMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleter Painting and Gutter Works. We have Susan on the line next. Susan, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help you? Well, um, good morning, Scott. I, the problem I have is I have a 96-year-old home in Webster Grove that had uh, air conditioning put in, which required a 60-amp sub-panel to be put in, and... At the time, they discovered that the drop-in line to the house was a 60-amp. Um, yeah. And so I contacted Amron, and this has been almost three months. Amron, we're the seventh house on a transformer that's at 180%. The linesman says the transformer needs to be upgraded, the secondary needs to be upgraded, the drop-in to the house needs to be upgraded. The house has 260, it has a 60-amp sub-panel and a 200-amp main panel, uh-huh. and the light flicker when you turn on like one light and you can't run a vacuum cleaner without the uh, breaker getting tripped. Sure. And I'm running, Amron just seems to be refusing to help me and I don't know where I go next to make them do this. Like according to everyone else, they're responsible for fixing in the power supply to the house, but they won't do it. Well, they won't change anything unless there's been an inspection, a permit, an inspection, and uh, that certifies that that panel, the drop, the meter base, all of that has been changed. That's ready to receive their new 200 amp uh, SE service entrance cable. Uh, They've done I mean? that. The linesman has put a has put a data box on the house to show the draw. They've right. done that. I mean, like I'm not just talking to a customer service rep. I've been talking to this. They've said that the, the transformer is running at 180%. This house right. is drawing like a 6.6, where most of the other houses are drawing around 30 into 40. Right. They know there's a problem, but then they're like, well, we'll get to it. But I can't run a vacuum cleaner without stripping my breakers. Well, Susan, uh, I don't know if that helps you at all. Um, frankly, I did a project some years ago, and we waited nine months for that service cable, and, and they will put a temporary drop, and at that time they were laying it on the ground. Um, and uh, my point is, is you're not alone. Um, okay. When, when there are emergencies, uh, sometimes they ship their uh, crews to, you know, a hurricane, tornado, fires, and all of that. So Ameren is part of a a group, if you will, 
But uh, I feel your pain. I've been there. Uh, I don't have any big magic answers for you, frankly. Um, but, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I'd keep calling them back and have your electrician call for them as well. But have you had well, it inspected? Yes, I've had it. I had all the work has been inspected, and the inspector for the Webster Groves said that mm-hmm. this needs to be upgraded. The linesman from Amherst said all of those things need to be upgraded. The technician for uh, the gentleman that I've been speaking to at the Ameren office says it needs to be upgraded, and I'm told, but Ameren doesn't like to spend money, so they're only going to do, essentially, it all needs to be fixed, but they're probably not going to fix it, at least not in a timely manner, because they don't want to spend the money. Yeah, something doesn't sound right there. Um, uh, If you're working with uh, Webster Groves inspectors, uh, have you had a recent conversation with uh, Webster Building Commissioner's Office? I had a conversation with Greg Hansen, Webster Inspector, just last week. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing everything right. Um, At times when business is really busy in the construction industry, which it is, um, and when new developments are going in, they can get pretty far behind. Um, I don't like hearing this. I've been in your shoes. I don't have any magic bullets for you, frankly. (laughs) Uh, And you're not alone. That's all I can say is uh, when they're busy, they're busy. And sometimes they've got an infrastructure problem to where they may not have wired into your neighborhood enough juice, enough amperage service. So well, he did tell me that this is still a 4KV area. What's that? He did tell me that this is still a 4KV area, but it probably will not be upgraded to 12KV for a few years because it's not a high priority. I guess, like you said, it's not yeah. new construction either. Well, they can still homes. They can still change, and maybe, have they replaced the uh, cable, the overhead cable or underground to the proper sized wire for the bigger service? No. Okay. They've done nothing in three months, except tell me that things need to be done and that they'll eventually get to it. I don't have any magic bullet for you there, Susan. (laughs) I've been in your shoes more than I'd like to admit. Well, I guess I'm just hoping that someone from Aaron tunes into your show and hears this (laughs) as an embarrassed. They do. (laughs) They do listen. Maybe they'll. They do listen. Do something I about it. And I just wanted to say, too, that I did have Mosby do work on this particular house that I'm talking about, the 96-year-old home in Webster, and it was exemplary, and I loved everyone that I worked with. And I just wanted to say you have a very fine company and fine employees. Thank you, Susan. If, if I knew how to call somebody at Ameren, I'd get that fixed for you, too. <laughs> well, thank you. You have a wonderful Saturday. All right. Thanks, Susan. Good luck. Right, stay, stay on the phone. <laughs> All right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, Sometimes the answers, maybe not the ones that with the magic behind them that we all want to know. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We're going to take a short pause for magic right now. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, the power of radio, the power of KMOX. Uh, we had somebody from Ameren call in for Susan. Susan, would you please call back, talk to our producer, Alex, uh, and uh, leave your name and phone number with Alex here at KMOX. Give us a call back, 314-436-7900. And then uh, a little bit after the hour, uh, if our Ameren uh, person, uh, employee, very nicely responded and said, look, I'm on lunch, I'll get uh, on the Susan issue here very 
very quickly. Uh, if you would call back, uh, and thank you, by the way, for the help uh, in helping Susan. Uh, it, it's a little bit of magic sometimes. So anyway, Susan, call Alex here at KMOX, 436-7900. Leave your name, phone number, and then also uh, Amarin contact. I'll keep you posted in hour two here. Uh, right now, let's see what's happening with my friend Tommy. Hey, Tommy, good morning. Welcome. How can I help? Good morning. Um, yes, I had a bathroom remodel, mm-hmm. and I had a shower put in. I also have a bathtub, and uh, they redid the plumbing and everything, but the water comes out of the, when I turn the water on, it comes out of the faucet, and it also comes out of the shower head, like, um, you know, like it's not turned off all the way. And then uh, the shower, I, in the shower, it does the same thing. I got an overhead, and then I got a handheld. And it comes out, both of them. Okay. You know, it's uh, not supposed to. And you've got a valve that's an either-or, so you can uh, turn it so it goes on, only on the shower head, turn it, and it goes only on the faucet. Is that you have yes. a bu- valve or a button? What format do you have there, Tommy? Um, in the bathtub, it's one of the pool things. Okay. And in the shower, it's a, um, a knob. Okay. Uh, that, you're going to have to call back that company. Uh, that is something. Uh, and, and sometimes somebody gets a bum diverter valve. Sometimes the diverter button on those spouts, they're not really rocket well, science. Well, that, that's what I thought. Um, I've had, you know, two plumbers come out since I've had this done. And I've had, um, it's a Delta faucets. Uh-huh. And um, they replaced the inside in the shower because it was leaking a little. Uh-huh. Uh, so they replaced that. It was like two hundred something dollars, but it still does the same thing. Nobody seems to know why. I mean, these are very simple things. I will say that these diverter buttons on a tub spout—they are ninety-eight cents. You know, they're just not. You know, they're just really simple. We have that problem on kitchen faucets very much. So when you have the diverter with the sprayer thing, same problem. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would say uh, it's usually just in that spout. Um, so I, I would stay with it, but uh, you're you're doing the right thing. It's just not working, and you may have just a bad valve run from from Delta at that point uh, to where you know everything run in you know that week had a uh, was faulty. So stay well, with it. You're doing the yeah, right it's thing. Two separate, you know, it's two separate. You know, the shower, you know, and you know the walk-in shower and the bathtub both. And I've had two plumbers come out, and they can't seem to fix it. Well, you may have too uh, much pressure, too. Do you have really high water pressure there? uh, Well, I get good pressure. I don't know if it's too high. I've just had all all the uh, plumbing replaced with that new flexible tubing. Well, that shouldn't have anything really to do with it. Uh, th- these are fixture issues and pressure. So those fixtures are for a design pressure range. If you have too much pressure in the neighborhood, it'll overcome those diverters. But they still should uh, very clearly, you know, shut off the spout and divert up to the the shower head. Stay with it. It's a it's a fixture issue here. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. Tommy. When, yeah. When the diverter's off, it still comes out, and that's what I. Yeah, that's a bomb diverter. That you need. Uh, I've only got five more seconds here, Tommy. My apologies, but stay okay. with it. You're, you're doing the right thing on your end. Okay, right. thank you very much. Yes, sir. Take care. Home improvement. Some tough questions this morning on KMOX.